and welcome to penpodcast.com with your co-host Nico Pingan of Pen for Hire NYC. Today we are joined by Nicole Bethune Winters. Nicole, thank you for you know joining us today. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. And where are you calling in from? Um, I'm in Escondido, California, which is like San Diego County, basically. Um yeah. <laughs> okay, California. And I did see uh, that you got to California after you had a memorable experience in Virginia, where you were um, pretty much uh, having fun doing what you're doing now, being a creative writer and specializing in ceramics. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Virginia Beach um, and then I went to college at the University of Mary Washington up in Fredericksburg, um, which is really actually where I dove into both ceramics and poetry. Oh, really? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so most of my most of my book actually was written on the East Coast. And then I sort of um, sequenced everything and started blasting it out once I got out here to California. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's actually pretty interesting. That's a pretty interesting. Uh, I didn't even think about asking where you, you prefer, do you prefer writing on the East versus the West Coast now that you actually mentioned that? Um, I, I grew up fully on the East Coast. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd actually only been out West a couple times before uh, we moved out here. And um, it's actually, I think my creative work has grown uh, infinitely since I moved out here, I am thriving more than mm -hmm. I have ever anywhere that I've lived. Um, I love living in California and there's just so much, all of my work, um, is hugely based off of kind of like the environment that I'm in and how basically traveling and like kind of getting immersed in nature and everything. And there's mm -hmm. so many, things to do and see out here in such a short drive and everything's so accessible that I've really kind of blossomed, I think, creatively since coming out here. Yeah, I did see that yeah. your um your art was very closely related to nature and yoga. Yes. Yeah. So I um in college, kind of my senior year, I also got certified to be a yoga teacher and got really captivated oh, wow, by um the field of yoga therapy and so uh as soon as i moved out here i also started studying to become a yoga therapist which mm -hmm. <laughs> has been like a little bit of a slow rolling process um but i i think one of the things that like drew me to yoga also and that like i find to be kind of in common with my creative processes is i get really into that kind of like meditative state of doing um, really repetitive things and being mm -hmm. able to kind of zone in and get really fixated on kind of being in like the present moment. Um, and so I think writing for one, especially poetry really kind of lends itself to that. And then also just the way that um, the processes that I choose in ceramics are very, very repetitive kind of like time consuming, like really mm -hmm. getting in the, getting into being in that kind of present meditative state as well. But in those moments of infinite repetitions that you have to go through that somebody understands, don't you think that in that moment is when the true beauty of said learning and crafting uh, the process, it's like when you're writing, you have to, you know, sit there and you got to read and reread and 
by the time you reread it like the a gazillionth time it's almost like ingrained in your brain and you just gotta you know focus on doing it even better so when you're doing the pottery wouldn't it be the same that your you know your your hands are sore your mind is tired but you're you're having so much fun just doing the same thing over and over again oh absolutely <laughs> um yeah that's one of the things i love about it uh, i love i love how hands-on ceramics is for one i mm -hmm. love that it's like a very earthy medium um which like isn't surprising given just kind of the things that like inspire my work. Right, um, right. But yeah, I'm like, and same thing. I think that's what drew me into poetry as well mm -hmm. is that kind of like looking at it and then deconstructing language in a way that you can kind of paste it back together um, to create like a fully different experience and like the way that you can organize words um, and like, in a very specific way to kind of convey different things. And I don't know, it's like, it's like any kind of art, you know, everyone brings a different experience to it mm -hmm. when they're reading a poem and stuff. It's like their life experience, like vastly affects the way that they interpret and, and read the work too. So. Hmm. And do you think that you can convey information and storytelling and, and feelings through the creation and then is that what inspires you uh to create the ceramics or do you just have fun doing it i think it's a little bit of both um so all of for my pottery and also writing um like all of the kind of imagery on my work is based off of places that i've been mm -hmm. um and that actually that started relatively recently like within the last probably year and a half um after moving out to California and mm -hmm. I got to go on, like, I got really, really kind of invested in this like camping lifestyle. And so I, mm -hmm. I'm doing that as much as possible. Um, but I was like really hugely inspired by all these landscapes that I was getting out and experiencing and, um, started like looking for ways that I could like translate that onto my work, but also in a way that, you know, it didn't have to be somewhere that someone had been specifically, like they could look at, the way that it was articulated and it mm -hmm. could maybe like remind them of a place that they had been, that they had like a special connection to. Um, and so I'm, I've gotten really kind of like wrapped up in these like really uh, detailed like landscape carvings that like are taking me progressively longer <laughs> to mm -hmm. do. Um, but I, I do really, really enjoy it. Uh, it's cool kind of like seeing a place, like having like a rough sketch of it and then like translating that onto like a very functional thing that somebody can use like every day. And it's like, I love like the energy that goes into creating a handmade ceramic piece. And it kind of like, is like a more, it's like, it's more intimate almost in that energy level, you know, mm -hmm. like knowing that like all of that time and energy and effort was like put into something. And then now that's what you drink Oh, that, yeah, that's 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 interesting. But um, do you feel that you're capable of transferring that kind of same uh, dedication and set of emotion on over to the writing process? Uh, because, you know, one is being hands on physically and the other is almost hands on mentally. Yeah, for sure. So that's that's the goal, right? As mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of articulating, I guess, like 
for me and like the way that I write, it's like definitely very like, like personal and vulnerable. But um, in that, I, I want to kind of like create that kind of same connection, you know, where it's like, if someone is reading my work, like they're feeling that in a way that is relevant to their life as well, or maybe like, um, it kind of pulls up like the same kind of emotional response. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of like taking these experiences and then boiling them down to kind of like that, like, not like foundational level, but kind of, you know, mm -hmm. and then just like, I guess putting them out there and seeing how people respond to it, which, you know, is art in general. <laughs> but, um, but I think that's, I think that's one of the things that really draws me to poetry too, is like the kind of artistic quality of it. And, um, this way in which like you learn all the rules basically so that you can break them, uh, and like write in a way that is maybe different in a lot of ways, but also maybe similar, you know, in other ways to other people and other artists and that kind of thing. Now, in you deciding to come out with a collection of poetry, that would automatically mean you deemed some of them worthy and you deemed some of them unworthy, correct? <laughs> yes. <laughs> how, does, how, does, how does it feel as a creator of, of poetry that some just didn't make the cut. Yeah, so <laughs> that's you know a whole separate <laughs> animal, isn't it? <laughs> I also realized. So I kind of we um, I took a poetry seminar like as in my senior year of college, and we finished mm -hmm. that seminar with like essentially a chapbook of like a short chapbook of poems. I think I had maybe between like 12 and 15 um, that had been, you know, workshopped by everybody and all of that. And then I sort of just like kept writing and adding to that and then got to the point where I was like, oh, I have like a hundred pages worth of poems, like just oh, sitting wow. here on my laptop. Like mm -hmm. I should do something with that, you know? So right, I started right, right. and I ended up cutting probably like 30 pieces from the collection, not necessarily because I was like, I don't want people to read these, but they just didn't like, they didn't kind of jive with, I guess, like the rest of the work. Um, and then like kind of fully forgetting that like usually you send out individual pieces to lit journals and stuff before you just like send out a whole collection. I basically just blasted the whole collection out. Um, <laughs> it was... <laughs> And then retroactively, it was like, oh, right. Like, I should probably <laughs> send out some individual pieces, too. I think, like, actually getting anything published was, like, so far from, like, the realm of possibility in my brain that I, like, it didn't, like, occur to me, you know, to send out individual mm -hmm, pieces. Mm -hmm. um, and then this, and then the collection got picked up, and I was like, oh, wait, I did this backwards. Like, wow, but you still did it, though. I should start sending other stuff. Right? Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's just, I think like the, the pieces ultimately now that I'm sending out are, are ones that I feel very connected to. And, um, you know, I've labored over for a while and it's like, you know, you send them out and, and hope for the best <laughs> when you get 
get that email back that it's like going to be an acceptance. But, you know, if it's not, then it's not. And you move on to the next thing or the next lit mag or whatever. But now a very quick, quick question regarding poetry, only because this has always been something that I've been nitpicking forever. Yes. Does, does all poetry need to rhyme? Oh my gosh. I don't think so. None of my poetry rhymes. So. <laughs> I'm on here like calling myself a poet. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't think so. I tend to write more in like a free verse anyway. Um, mm. But I also read pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I don't know that I necessarily gravitate towards a specific style. Um, as far as like reading, uh, for myself writing, I, I'm very interested in playing with language and form and mm -hmm. line breaks and mm -hmm. um, kind of having that visual aspect to the poem structurally. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yes, I would say no. <laughs> but no only, only because some people say that it needs to rhyme and others always have this, um, you know, that it needs to carry some sort of, power or meaning or as you mentioned like it needs to look a certain way you know at least to like have a, a certain sequence whether it's like going inside out outside in or like zigzag and because i've seen those kind of poems I, i've seen the uh the poems that rhyme and so a lot of people they have different versions of like what true poetry is like there is no true poetry is there I don't think so. I think it's just getting that kind of like raw emotion and experience down on the page and mm -hmm. kind of whatever form lends itself best to the writer. Um, and I think that's one of the things that makes it so cool as a medium mm -hmm. is like how different everyone approaches that. Now, what what would be your creation process? Because, you know, writing poetry for me personally is a difficult because you have to choose your words wisely. It's very different than, let's say, like a novel where you're going to have like, uh, you know, 700 pages with with poetry. Not only are you going to have a limited amount of, of pages, each amount of poem might not span more than an actual page. So what would your creation process be or what was your creation process? Um, was it just being in class and not noticing that you have like so many poems or when you were actually creating it, you had like a specific way that you created those poems? Um, I think as far as like the writing process part of it goes, um, I, I usually start with sort of like a stream of consciousness type setup um like I'll have a thought in my head and I'll just run with that um and so it'll like essentially ends up looking like a paragraph you know to start and then mm -hmm. I'll go in and start like playing around with where the line breaks would be or where you know like the different stanzas and um kind of like the different thoughts but then then I ultimately start going in and start getting really specific with the word choice so like start cutting out like anything that's unnecessary um I'll go through and like highlight and circle and, you know, like underline words. And I'm like, no, like I need something more specific here. Um, and so it like starts mm -hmm. off probably as like this just like word vomit. It's like mm -hmm. on the page. And then I just sit there and like 
pick it apart and rearrange it um, until until it kind of like turns into what I feel like the core of of what that message is is like actually coming through. And do you do you choose the theme per poem or does it just come nat naturally to you or it just hits you? I think it kind of just hits me. I'm like very much like a um I like I feel like my creative process is like fairly chaotic. I have a hard time. <laughs> I have a hard time with like structured creativity, I guess. Like, oh, um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like, I, I am not necessarily one of those people that like can get up and be like, I'm going to write for two hours. And I sit there and I like productively write for two hours. Like, I'll, right, I'll right. sit there and just stare at my laptop. Um, so I, I carry around like a like a sketchbook journal thing like everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I like I utilize kind of like the notes thing on my phone, and it's like if I have a thought, like I write it down, um, and then I'll like circle back to that later. So um, especially like when I'm out, like you know, out in nature and like immersed. Obviously, I'm not taking my laptop out with me most times, but yeah, some my, people do. I know, I know, I don't, but I've got my journal, so I like I take that. I got my sketchbook. Um, and so that just ends up turning into this just like conglomeration of like so many like different streams of consciousness. And then I kind of take that and then I bring it back to the page. Um, and mm. so that, then I'll basically sit down and I'll like type that out, get that on to the screen and then, and then kind of start that paring down process. But I pretty much have to just like strike when the inspiration does. Otherwise, mm -hmm. <laughs> no, That's the best time. That's the best time. You have no, yeah. you have no time better than when the words just can't shut you up pretty much. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by pen for hire. Have you always wanted to write a book, but just can't seem to find the time. Do you have an amazing story to tell, but don't enjoy writing at pen for hire. We specialize in extracting the words from your head and turning them into compelling written content. And we do it in your voice. So not only does the story get told, but no one will ever know you didn't do the writing. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to find out more today. And now back to the interview. Now, do you do anything that increases that amount of words that are essentially productive words regarding your poetry? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> or, or for example, like, you know, in my case as an author, you know, my way to, in, you know, to instigate that productivity would be to sit down and just open a blank uh, Google document until something hits me where I actually do write or or like something else that I could do is just like go outside and walk. And then after I come back, I'll have some fresh idea because I was walking around the neighborhood and a lot of the times. I'll use that as like my muse to actually write, regardless if I'm, you know, hitting a blockade or not. Yeah. So I would say um, probably my biggest source of inspiration is like just getting outside mm. and being out in nature, like whether that's at the beach, whether that's so like this, this book is mostly 
mostly beach related because that's like where I spent most of my time um, okay. when I was living in Virginia was I was at the beach as much as possible. Yeah, because um, I like the cover. It was it, it's like a, a wave, right? Yeah, actually, my okay. um, my best friend took the photo from that. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you, is that a drawing or is that like a photo? Because it's so cool. But I'm just like, I, I don't know if it's like a drawing or it looked like a wave. And I didn't want to be like stupid and be like, oh, that's a sand dune or that's like a mountain. He got really into surf photography. And so he has all these absolutely gorgeous photos. Um, and so once I realized that I got to send him cover art, that was like my first choice. <laughs> I texted him and I was like, hey, oh, you, you got, got to pick from back home. <laughs> you, you were able to pick the, the, the cover? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was able to actually oh, send him cover art, which was really, great really cool. Um, yeah, so the, the yeah, way that it's the way that it's focused and then the background is all like fuzzy oh i know it's gorgeous it's oh, like, that's well, a great it's shot so like wow <laughs> yeah his name oh, by the way the titles of, <laughs> what, what was the name give him a shout out uh colton zobel the photographer and he took a very good shot for brackish which is going to yeah. be available very soon not yet available but it will be correct yes yeah oh it is available for pre-order through the press so through Finishing Line Press, it's available. Um, and then it'll be published in August and should be available on most major platforms like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. No, I just wanted to give you a little shout out there. That's yes, the, you thank know, you. you, you order, uh, her <laughs> Trying to sell now. as many copies as possible. <laughs> right, right, right. And so when you were going through the creation process of uh, the material, were there any poems that you immediately knew like, okay, this needs to be like the first one that everybody sees or were you more so like, you know what, however it, it, it sits on there, it doesn't matter. Or you were like, it has to be in this particular order. Yeah. So I, I, once I realized that I sort of like had this, this stack of work, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this, i this could be a book. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I basically like printed everything out on like just singular sheets of paper and like mm -hmm. laid it out on the floor um, and started kind of rearranging things. Um, wait, wait, I, you laid out the poems like like, oh, what, yeah. like postcards or, or what do you mean? How like you on know? like full eight by 11 sheets of paper. <laughs> Oh, really? So, well, you need a real visual, oh, yeah. huh? Oh, yeah. I'm a very visual person. <laughs> um, and so I printed all these things out, um, was laying them out on the floor. And there were a couple, actually, that I wrote kind of after that. So I ended up, like, cutting some pieces. And then mm -hmm. I wrote um, a couple pieces to kind of fill in the blanks, you know, where I felt like, like, oh, this needs, like, a little bit of a transition piece. Um and so I think there may be like three or four poems that kind of came after that, like sequencing uh, start, I guess. Um, but yeah, most of them, I kind of, they just like kind of wrote organically. And then I, I took that and reorganized it in, in a way that gives it more of kind of a, not like a journey, but like a storyline, I guess, like throughout that kind of carries you through the collection. Hmm. And so it's, it's, I would assume something that uh, when you put it together and you reviewed it and you had other people 
let you know like did anybody let you know like you know this poem needs to go first or this one needs to be the last one and you're like mm, but i already came up with the order i like though <laughs> i actually no i didn't i sent it to a couple people and no one actually said anything to me about the sequence scene <laughs> okay, okay um i think like i definitely was like wanting some constructive criticism <laughs> mm -hmm. on that but i didn't actually have anyone talk to me about rearranging anything um which is interesting now that you bring that up it never like i don't know it didn't really like occur to me i guess that i hadn't gotten that feedback but yeah and has anybody given you any critical feedback that's been a little bit like getting in your feelings and it's like well, i need to step back and just like review are they right about this or uh so far everyone's just giving you thumbs up Mostly just thumbs up, but also <laughs> I haven't really been in a situation where I can um, like where I had like a workshop since basically since I graduated, uh, mm -hmm. which I miss so much. Which It's like one of those things, you know, like when you're in it, I think you take it for granted, you know, that you're in this room and like safe space where everyone's like getting like really vulnerable and like <laughs> offering you constructive criticism in like a pretty compassionate way about mm -hmm, your work mm -hmm. and just being in that uh, environment where you can like grow so easily and get feedback on your work from other people who are like as passionate about it as you are. Uh, I haven't been in that situation and I miss it. <laughs> um, but no, since moving on here, actually, I, I have made like a really good friend that also writes. And so it's been really nice to have someone to bounce ideas off of with and like get that constructive criticism. But um, I didn't have that <laughs> actually when I was putting this book together. Um, I did send it to my, so my poetry advisor in college was John mm -hmm. Pineda. He's like absolutely one of my favorite teachers I've ever had in my life. Um, and I've stayed in contact with him like since graduating. And he's always been willing to offer constructive criticism and feedback and mm -hmm. everything. And so when I first sequenced the manuscript, I sent it to him. I was like, hey, <laughs> can you help me out? <laughs> and he win. really incredibly helpful notes um, for kind of developing it and getting it to a place where I felt good about sending it out to publishers. Um, that was incredibly helpful. <laughs> Now, did you have any like uh, beta readers or anybody um, in regards to that where like they would just like proofread or, or review for anything like that? I did. I sent it. Um, I sent it to my sister and her girlfriend and I sent it to my cousin um, and my grandfather is an author and I sent it to him. He writes novels. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, my, you know, my parents. <laughs> Um, but that was pretty much it. Mm -hmm. I, I think I like, I really just like, didn't actually fully expect it to get published. So I think there was mm -hmm. this level at which I was like, I'm doing this thing, but I don't know how many people I want to tell that I'm doing this thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you semi wanted to do well, but it's like, do I really? <laughs> things it's like we write it because we feel compelled to and right like, right do i want to share this i don't know like no that is so true i, I completely <laughs> understand that feeling <laughs> so 
um that's something i think i've been i've been trying to work on that kind of oh my God. <laughs> like that's an important decision and all of that like i'm like i, I just gotta get it out there right like i gotta oh, man. detach yes. from it a little bit and just get it out there which i think is that's been one of the most difficult things for me i think is kind of letting go of some of that like not like anxiety but like kind of <laughs> no but um, when, when you're an author it's almost good it's like it's like a good pressure it's like your mind's telling you that you can't be the only human being that witnesses or sees what you're seeing when you put those words together on a poetry book or an ebook or audiobook whenever those do come about and whatnot like when you put that together and you you know publish it it becomes art now somebody else has to interpret that art and the way that you put together those words and the way that they interpret it is in their way and your brain was telling you you need to get this out there regardless of how society sees what the correct ways of doing it and you got to send one poem to uh you know radio station or what, what was it send it to uh, what oh the lit the lit journals <laughs> Yeah, like you skipped all of that. You were like, you know what? That's how they do it. No, nah, I don't care about that. I'm going to try to publish this the right way because I need to get this all in. Not just one at a time. It's going to take years. I need to get this in ASAP. <laughs> and that's the right yeah. way to go. Uh, yeah, it worked out, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's been, that's been good. And I've, you know, I've been trying to get, get more comfortable with, with putting stuff out there, um, you know, sending things out to, to lit mags and lit journals and like posting things on, you know, social media and all that. And just wait. So after the book was picked up for publication, you started submitting it to those lit mags. I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And they started picking it um, up. Sorry. And they started to pick it up. I got, I got three pieces or yes, three pieces from the book I got published. Um, I got two published in Seaborn magazine and one published in wild roof journal. And that was actually, they were the first one to publish one of my poems. So, um, wow. they're awesome. <laughs> um, and, and then I got like another poem that is not part of the collection published in backlash journal. Um, and I've been trying to send some of my newer work out as well and kind of get more disciplined about uh, kind of my submissions and doing it more often as opposed to just going straight for the absolutely. Submission. Yeah. Yes. And getting like very comfortable with rejection has been really good too. <laughs> also, <laughs> you do, know, do but... you do your own request for publication? Hmm? You do your own requests? Yeah, I've just been kind of blasting stuff out on submittable and hoping for the best. <laughs> oh man, so you like you do you have to like uh, get tough skin in order to pretty much become an author and start taking it seriously? I think there is anytime you're submitting anything um whether mm. it's, you know, art to a gallery or uh in this case, you know, poetry out to, you know, magazines and other people that are essentially reading it, um, evaluating it, deciding whether it's a good fit for, you know, their space. Um, it, you're not going to vibe with everybody. And so you, mm. there does have to be this level at which you detach from the work, you know, and it's like, you don't take it personally. If, if it's not a good fit, like it's just not a good fit. 
Um, it probably has like very little to do whether or not they actually like your work. It just may not vibe with the uh, energy or like the, the theme of what they're working with, you know? And so I think that's one thing um, that I've actually, I'm, I'm very comfortable with now. <laughs> um, so I'll just, I'll send it out, you know, and if it's like somebody likes it and it works, then it's great. If, uh, if they don't, then they don't and that's fine. And I just start working on the next kind of onslaught of submissions and everything. So that's been a good bit of growth. I think is to not, to not take that personally and not get like wrapped up in, Oh, maybe my work's not good enough or, Oh, you know, like not like imposter syndrome, but like kind of mm -hmm. that, that level at which how like, do you climb out of that mindset because you know as a yoga instructor <laughs> you know i would assume that a lot of your clients or a lot of the people that you work with have that mindset like i can't do that stretch and like you you're watching them pretty much nailing like 99.9 percent .9%. they just need that like that little try a little bit harder you almost got this so it's like don't you also carry that on with you with regard to writing like you know what they might not like my work now but you know after i tweak it here and there they're definitely going to accept it yeah absolutely yeah and it's like you know, there's always no matter what you're doing there's always space for growth like you never stop growing as like a human or especially as a creative individual like your mm -hmm. work you bring so much of your life experience to that kind of creative expression that mm -hmm. um it's never going to be just like stagnant, you know, it's always going to be this kind of like evolving process. Like the poetry I write now is vastly different than the poetry that I was writing, you know, like four years ago. And so there's kind of a level at which like, yeah, maybe, maybe they don't like my work now, but maybe in three years, you know, it'll be different. And so mm -hmm. it's just sort of that level of like, not, um, not, giving up and not taking the times that like you aren't chosen or like you're whatever, you know, like I personally, like you just gotta like push through that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, kind of like anything else. I think, I think one of the things honestly that helped with that, uh, was being an art major, um, mm -hmm. a huge kind of part of the studio art thing is you would have critiques and um especially my senior year one of the things is like our whole class we we're all like working in different mediums but we would have these like full faculty critiques so it was mm -hmm. all of the art professors in the program would go around and critique your work and you just like have to have tough skin in those situations so like, i'm assuming it wasn't the nicest of critiques at times it's yeah, it's, it goes both ways, right? Like sometimes everyone is like really jazzed and they're, they're really excited about your work and they think right, they've done right. a great job. And mm -hmm. then sometimes they think you, you can do a lot better. And <laughs> oh, I the, love how you put it. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> um, and so there has to be this level of like emotional detachment. Like once you put it out there for other people to read, you just have to accept that they're going to bring what they bring to it and not everyone's going to like it. Um, but it may resonate with some people, you know, mm -hmm. and so that's, that's 
that's what the focus has to be. Like you never know what someone's gonna, what life experience someone is gonna bring um, and kind of have that perspective with your art and not everyone's gonna like it. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, <laughs> now, you also mentioned regarding the, oh, I forgot that question. <laughs> next one um so you <laughs> your your process for creating your ceramics is it tied similarly to the process that you have in regards to creating your writing um because you mentioned that your writing is based off of your inspiration um but you also mentioned that you like doing like the things like a thousand times over and over and i would assume is that the same inspiration that you have in regards to creating ceramics or it, is it a little bit different in regards to one thing versus the other? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So as far as like my creative work in general, especially now, I'm just hugely um, inspired and influenced basically primarily by my um, connection to nature and just like getting out and like fully immersing myself um, in these just gorgeous places. Um, and and so usually I go and I have these experiences and I'm, I'm writing while I'm out there, but then I come back and I'm like, okay, how am I going to put this on a coffee mug? Like, <laughs> how do I take this like beautiful oh, experience wow. that I just had um, with this landscape that I now feel really connected to and how do I, how do I share that? And so my, my ceramic process in itself, um, I, I do most things on the wheel, um, which is like a very, I, I feel it, it feels very meditative and, and how it works. It's kind of just like, you have to like get really centered and be really focused. And, um, and then like from there, pretty much every part of the ceramics process is like a very repetitive kind of thing, especially, um, I do scraffito. So I basically like paint a layer of, um, of a color and I use underglaze, um, and then I carve through that. And so everything is hand carved. And so it kind of gets into this very like, like deep fixation with what I'm doing. Um, and it gets, it gets really repetitive, but then, you know, also everything is like, because it's all done by hand, it's like every mark's different, you know? So it's like, though I'm doing like the same imagery it's no two pieces are going to be the same just like inherently you know it's like that's that's kind of like how they how a handmade piece works right you can't it's not factory right, right, right. yeah all these super, i mean there are ways to make that that's not who but, i am i'm very much yeah, of like I, yeah i would say <laughs> but you, you technically wouldn't even want it to be you know you wouldn't want the same thing versus another you would want yours to be slightly unique you know you would want your if you were gifted to somebody else you will want that one to be slightly unique so that way you can genuinely say that's oh you know there's only one of those in the world for sure yeah exactly um so yeah so they're all you know each one's a little different um but it's been really cool i think one of one of my favorite things is you know people will email me um or, you know, DM me or whatever about like a certain design, you know, if I come out with a new one, like, oh my gosh, that reminds me of this place, you know, that I went with my family or mm -hmm. um, like I had a woman that like, I, um, there is like a Alpine Lake up in 
New Mexico that I did or is like now one of my designs I came back and like sketched uh-huh. it put it on a mug and I had a woman message me and she was like this looks exactly like the place in you know Colorado where I used to take my dog like all the time and it was like that was and so it's like stuff like that I think is really cool because it's like I'm obviously I'm carving these places from experiences that I have but I'm trying to translate them in a way that when somebody else looks at them, they're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that reminds me of this place that I have this deep connection to. And like, that's where like they connect to the work. Um, I think that there's something like really special in that. Um, But I also think that when, when you read somebody else's writing, it's like a very similar process. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of one of the ways in which the two like coincide for me is that, like, yes, I'm, I may be writing from like a very specific personal experience, but the hope is that it resonates with someone else who maybe has like a fully separate life experience, but they're still like feeling the same kind of like emotion or, you know, processing life in a similar way or like going through kind of a similar, um, like transition or something, you know what I mean? And it's like having that level with like connection with the reader or with the person that's buying your work or you know whatever it may be now if you had a choice regarding an impact that you have on let's just say one person what would you want that written material brackish to do for that individual do you want them to have that similar uh, um, experience that they have with your ceramic art yeah, I think just like that moment of of connection um, on, especially with writing, like kind of like that on like on an emotional level, I think the work that I feel most drawn to is stuff that I connect to on like that kind of deeper emotional level where it's like, mm-hmm, wow, mm-hmm. like this speaks to me on this level of like, like I feel these things too kind of kind of thing and it's like connecting with um just like other humans (laughs) and this you know experience that we have like (laughs) being humans right Um, (laughs) it's like a really special thing and i think being able to to do that through art is really cool Thank you for tuning in to the Pen Podcast, produced by Pen for Hire. Do you struggle with finding affordable and reliable proofreaders? Are you tired of the AI software that doesn't always understand human language? Pen for Hire has an extensive network of professionals we can refer you to to help. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Now, what was your absolute most fun moment that you had when you were actually creating um, the poetry? Oh, um, because I know you had to have a lot of fun moments, but what was the most fun you had? Yeah, I. That's hard. <laughs> All right, top three moments that you had. Um, I think. As far as like putting the book together, I guess, Mm -hmm. goes uh, sequencing while 
kind of vastly overwhelming is also really fun. <laughs> mm. um, like organizing things that weren't necessarily like written with the intention of turning them into a story and then like organizing them into in a way that translates into that uh, was really cool. Um, and I think now writing easily like the funnest part for me is having the experience, <laughs> mm. um, like just like getting out there and kind of exploring and having all of these, um, you know, like adventures and stuff like out into the wild and like getting to see all these beautiful spaces. Like that's such a huge part of my creative expression now that I, I can't even like separate the two. It's like, I start uh -oh. to feel so crazy and I'm like, I gotta go, like, I gotta get out and, you know, go sleep in the woods for a couple nights or something. <laughs> like, um, so I think that's like a huge part of it. And then, um, I love like w the moment that a poem feels done. Like mm. that is like so satisfying. Like the moment that you like read through it for like the 300th time and you're like, it's, this is it. Like I've finally gotten it down to where I want it to be type of thing. Um, because it takes a while to get them there, you know, like, you just like labor over this like not super long grouping of mm -hmm. words for just ages. And then like, it just finally, I think there's a moment where you're like, oh, it's, this is it. <laughs> All right, now, I, I, have you know? such an, I have such an important question. <laughs> oh my, like you made me realize like, I need to know the answer to this. In your eyes or in your mind, what constitutes a completed poem? Oh God! What, what, like, what, 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 like, how, what, what makes you, what makes you say done? Because when you said that feeling, like I've never experienced that feeling. <laughs> like, I, like personally, every time I, I write a poem, I always think like, oh man, like I can, I can, I can delete some stuff or I can add some stuff, but like, it's, it's never for me personally, it's never stagnant. So to hear you say like, I, I mean, you did say you, you, you know, after 300 times of going back and forth, <laughs> which I can completely understand. That's how much it feels like doing it on a Tuesday. Uh, you know, 300 times is a lot, but <laughs> for people that do it on a consistent basis, that's like nothing. So how do you, how do you determine that it's completed? Cause Oh my goodness, that would be such a clear answer for me. And then maybe I could just use that too, to get that <laughs> euphoric feeling of completion. Cause please share that. Oh, I don't know. How to, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, like, it's just like a feeling. I think oh, it's like something man. clicks into place. It's like you read it, but then mm -hmm. again, like you also, I, multiple times it's like I'll, I'll write a poem um, or I'll, I'll think I finished a poem, you know, and then I'll go back and I'll read it like four months later. And I'm like, no, <laughs> actually <laughs> I need to change oh. some stuff. <laughs> oh man. Um, so, you know, it's, it doesn't always um, work out that way, but I think, uh, I think in a lot of ways, I think there's just something, something clicks, you know, and I read it and I'm like, this is it. Like I finally peeled it back to like the bare bones and that's, this is what it is. Um, 
I might look at it six months later and decide that I need to change some things or move some stuff around or add to it or, you know, to delete the last four lines or whatever. <laughs> but, um, but it is, it, and it's, it is hard cause it's like anything, just like this ever evolving process, you know, mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. as you change and grow as a writer too, you're in the way that you write things changes also. And so it's like, you know, you look at something that you wrote two years ago and you're like, oh, actually, no, I need to go back and fix that. Like that's, (laughs) you know, like that's not done. Like how did I ever think that was done? Um, But yeah, so I don't know. I just think it's just kind of getting it to where, I think sometimes for me, it's like I get it to a point where I'm like, I'm cool with other people reading this, you Mm -hmm. know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay like general, like just whoever reading this, like I, I have um, stuff that's in progress. Like I'll, I'll bounce around with a couple of people that like, that I write with and you know, that kind of thing. But um, I think like once I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to send this off or I'm ready to like have other people read this on like a more critical level. I think that mm-hmm. that may be part of it um, or like a key, you know, to that that feeling that you get where you're like, Oh, I think, I think this is done is like, a, all right, I'm ready for someone else to look at this in a critical way. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, um, especially, especially how you mentioned regarding, uh, you know, the fact that you have to, you know, after you're done, you have to have somebody review it. But I was thinking like, you know, since you mentioned that you don't have it rhyme, that means that the poems that you have are are deep and meaningful. So if you do let it sit and then six, eight months later, you have a life experience or you went on this amazing hike or you saw this amazing sunset or something just like clicked in you and just changed how you saw things. You had, uh, you know, a mind shift and then you revisit that deep and impactful non-rhyming because I think rhyming poems are like superficial versus non-rhyming ones. They traverse deeply. And so wouldn't your your perspective regarding those poems change, even if so slightly? I think in some ways, yes. Um, like, for instance, I like the work that I that is in this book uh, that's coming out. I I mean, I finished writing this thing like almost three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, you know, in a vastly different place and like have had so many more experiences and everything. And I think my writing's grown a lot more um, in different ways, like not necessarily that it's better or worse, but that mm-hmm. it's it's just, diff- you know, it's different. Um, right, right. It's evolved <laughs> a little right, bit. Right. And so it's, it's interesting, you know, like going through and being like, oh, like, I'm approaching the page in a different way. Um, and so kind of like looking at it in that, in that way, like that's, that's going to change, you know, who knows how many times throughout like your career as a writer, or whatever. But, um, but it is cool to kind of like go back and look at that older work. And then with, with the perspective that you have currently and either kind of just like accept it for what it is, or, you mm-hmm. know, maybe, like for instance, some of the poems that didn't make it into that first collection have evolved in such like a huge way because I like, I held on to them and I'm like, you know, I'm starting on the next one. So it's, <laughs> so they've, they've changed like vastly from where they started. Um, 
and are more, you know, and kind of fit more into this like newer body of work. But, but yeah, so I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I fully answered your question. <laughs> but No, you did. You did. You did. Um, <laughs> and then in regards to the, the whole yoga, cause I, at least I want to talk about everything that you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, because so the, the, rela- you, the relaxation that's that's you know you practice yoga and you instruct individuals so that ties into you essentially l- learning how to uh get into a, a zone like trance when you do your work where you're capable of doing like you know 300 revisions for a poem or who knows how many times you had to make sure that you have a cup just right or you know whatever you're working on and being able to have the patience for it because a lot of people don't have patience being able to have the patience and the discipline to go through it does yoga really play a big central role not only in letting you have that patience but also getting you um essentially mind ready for complicated tasks or simple tasks repeatedly over thousands of time um i think yes i think in a lot of ways Um, I've always kind of gotten (laughs) into, I've always like, I mean, I've always done art and writing ever since Mm -hmm. I was a kid. I was like hugely into, you know, painting and like anything, any kind of like messy art that was like right up my alley. Um, (laughs) I wish I was good. I I liked (laughs) art too. I just wasn't good. Um, there's no, there's no bad, you know, there is no good or bad. You just make things. You just make things. But I always, um, I think my, my process in general, uh, I have the tendency to get really fixated kind of on the details. Mm -hmm. Um, so like even, even in school, if there was an assignment that required any kind of drawing or like artistic element I mean it took me probably like 80 times longer than it should have because I would Mm. I would get so jazzed about that part of it that I was like I'm gonna make it perfect um and like I'm gonna spend a lot of time doing this because it makes me happy and then like the other stuff will just be the other stuff and like that kind of thing um and so I think I've always gravitated towards those kinds of processes. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's why I fell into poetry. Like that's why um, I think that's a huge reason why I ended up really finding and falling in love with ceramics Um, and gravitating towards kind of the processes that I use in that medium now. And uh, I think what got me into yoga, I had just sort of, started doing it actually as a means for cross-training for running. Um, I ran competitively Mm. in high school and like I was going into college and was going to run competitively in college. And um, I was like, I should probably stretch. And so I started going to yoga and was instantly hooked. I think that when you're in the practice and you're like really kind of running for yoga on well, no, I dropped running because I got injured <laughs> oh, okay. way too many times. Um, and then, and then yoga fixed me. So <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's not, that's so cool. Transition. Yeah, I want to know, like, what happened? You just well, hold on. I need to know why. Oh, okay. Um, so no, cool. I got a series of like pretty bad overuse injuries in college. Um, wow, so yoga really that. came in handy. Wow, look at that. 
And so, yeah. And so then yoga really kind of like my kind of love and passion for that really grew and blossomed. And I saw oh, the ways in which it like really helped me um, and which I benefit from it. And so then I was like, oh, it would be awesome to share and teach this to other people. And so I got certified to be a teacher and that's, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's how that happened. Um, but it is, it's like when you're in that practice, you're very present. You're very mm-hmm. kind of focused on like, you're very in your body um, kind of like on that like deeper level of awareness, like you're really focused in on your breath and you are like really just fully kind of living in that like present moment. And I think the reason that I really got so into it as quickly as I did was because that was kind of the same feeling that I felt when I was really kind of like deep in the zone writing or when I was, mm-hmm. you know, making art, is it like access that same kind of presence and just like kind of like hyper fixation, but like just level of like awareness and, and being to be fully invested kind of like in that moment without like being really concerned about anything else that was going on, you know, and like time just sort of like falling away as you get like into that, like zoned in space. Also it pretty much allowed you to tap into that kind of a, Uh, mindset more frequently because you're capable of understanding how to relax and de-stress whether you're in nature or whether you're in the studio or you're just writing it's allowing you to you know calm down in those stressful and anxious moments tap into the present and just let your art speak yeah absolutely interesting now, I did have one question because the question that I forgot earlier came back to me. And I yes. remember now. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that the theme um, was either accidentally based off of water because of the location and constantly being around water. Now, when you discovered the theme regarding it being aquatic and whatnot, did that lead for you to have the idea to get a the, the cover picture being that or did you figure out that it was aquatic and then that picture was already there and you were like that is the one that correlates to this um so i i wrote all of those poems like when i was living on the east coast and i i'm like such a huge beach person um mm-hmm. i like even when i was in school i was like i gotta go home like once a month i gotta like be at the beach like <laughs> i can't like I love being in the mountains and I love kind of all of that, but I, I am like so hugely just an ocean person at heart that like I needed to be back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and I think because of that, like a lot of my sort of experiences, like being like fully immersed in nature and kind of like feeling kind of like that presence and connection were like through kind of that very deep connection that I feel with you know, the ocean and like being at the beach and, um, and so a lot of like all of the, most of the poems are like just hugely kind of influenced by that. And so that theme was like already present. Um, but then when I found out I got to choose the cover art, (laughs) um, I know like, you know, I, Colton's an amazing photographer. He's like my best friend. And so I was like, I that would be really cool to have one of your pictures on the cover of my book if you're down and he was um and so and I know I knew he had had some um photographs uh that were taken like from Virginia Beach like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
where I grew up and everything. And so oh, I basically was like, hey, do you have any of like, do you have any of these images, you know, that you think would work? And um, and then he sent me that one. I was like, that's perfect. And so that's that's how that came to be. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That is interesting. Now, I had to ask because when you mentioned that theme and that running and you're like, I, I just looked at it and I was like, yeah, it's like based off of water pretty much like, you know. Oh, and also I wanted to ask, you know, did you decide the title Brackish on purpose? Yes. So I, that actually was the title of the chapbook that I finished college with. So when I finished my poetry seminar um, my senior year, um, I think there were like 12 to 15 poems, I think total uh, for like our little like chapbook that was like our semester long project essentially. And so the mm -hmm. title for that, that initial kind of core group I had picked out as brackish, um, kind of like living in this idea of like, you know, like the mixture, like brackish water being the mixture of like salt water and fresh water, but also kind of like translating to this idea of like, just kind of like that mixing of things. And so it was like, obviously there's this very pervasive kind of use of, you know, ocean and beach imagery and all that that carries throughout the book. But um, it's also kind of used as like a lens in a way for like how I am like processing kind of life <laughs> and life experiences is like hugely kind of like process through that imagery um and that's like kind of the vehicle for like how a lot of these things came to just like be poems basically um and so for me it felt like brackish felt like it you know it encapsulated that mm -hmm. like that idea of like mixing like kind of my experience and then translating it in a way that hopefully it is it resonates, you know, with people besides just me. Um, <laughs> um, and then as I kind of like kept adding, I was like, no, yeah, this still works. <laughs> this, right, right. <laughs> I got really kind of hung up on that, on that idea of it. And so it just stuck. No, yeah, because a lot of the times people have difficulties coming up with a set schedule to write. People come up with a very hard if they had to choose a cover uh, art themselves to have a very hard time coming up with a concept for that as well as for a title but it seems like not only did you fill up the content with maybe too much and you had to cut out 30 pieces but you also had a very easy time figuring out what the title of the book was you already knew essentially what the picture of the title was going to be once you saw it so it seems that when you have this uh, the sensation regarding things like as well as knowing when the poems are done that that feeling it allows you to lead a productive work environment lifestyle etc because like you're you're basing it off of this but it's it's letting you know when things are set in stone like the title needs to be this the book needs to be about that the image needs to be about this and it's like you got it all down packed <laughs> you you make it sound so organized. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I said. Like, you're like chaotic, but what? <laughs> like, it's like everything you do, it's like you bang it out. You're done. Next. <laughs> like, what? How'd you know? It's like, I felt like the title brackish. That's it. <laughs> what's, what's the next thing? You need to pick off the cover art. All right. Uh, that picture done. It's like, dang, how did you, how did you even know? It's like, I could feel it. 
it's like dang like did it take you a long time or like was it instantly when you thought of the 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 brackish uh as the name of the book as well as when you saw it or did you need to like take some time reviewing with like others or you just like nope it has to be that one brackish i well i started when i was looking initially for for titles for the chat book i was just scouring any kind of ocean related word, you know, I knew there was already this like pervasive use of um, ocean beach water imagery that just kind of carried throughout even just the original chapbook collection. Um, and so I, yeah, I was just looking up like any, you know, just lists, right? Like I'm just mm -hmm. Googling lists of ocean words, basically <laughs> anything. <laughs> um, and I think I probably narrowed it. I can't even remember. I don't think I have like the original, you know, like everything I saw something that I was like, hmm, I kind of like that. You know, mm -hmm. I'd like compile it into a list. Um, and so I think I just kind of kept doing that until, um, until, yeah, until I saw Brackish and I was like, actually, you know, that really works, you know, and I grew up in Virginia beach. So you've got like the Chesapeake Bay right there. And that's kind of like mm -hmm. a huge thing too. And it's like, it just kind of felt like it made sense based off of, you know, where everything was coming from, I guess it clicked. And then I got really fixated on it and I was like, that's it. Like it can't, it can't be anything else. <laughs> that has to be the title. And so it really just stuck with the whole rest of the collection, even, you know, even as I started adding other work to it. Man, sounds like you have a joy and a blast creating all kinds of art all kinds of material and uh last question i promise like i could keep you forever <laughs> no um, you're fine <laughs> um for your yoga uh do you do live in-person sessions or are they virtual how how do you lead your your yoga classes um right now i'm actually only teaching one class a week at my rock climbing gym <laughs> so it's in person. Um, I do eventually, I keep saying this, I do eventually think it would be cool to do some like Zoom type classes or online type classes. Um, just, you know, to have it be up there and accessible, maybe even just for like breathing techniques or something. Um, but I also think one of the things that I really love about teaching yoga is like actually connecting with other people and like the energy of the space and being able to go through that practice you know, in person. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I've kind of put off the whole like online thing is because mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. well, you are, if it's live, then you are still connecting with somebody like on a live stream, but it's not quite the same as being in the I same know. room and like really moving through everything together yeah. and like feeling that energy. Yeah, um, right. And so, so yeah, so I'm just teaching one class a week right now, but, um, but I'm loving it. It's been a blast. So and for anybody listening, where can they find Brackish? Where can they find any of your material? If they're interested in your art, where can they find your ceramics, social media, etc.? Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of a list. Um, go for it. Go for it. So my book, Brackish, is currently um, available for pre-sale through Finishing Line Press. And so you can get there um, through their website by searching it, or you can go to my website, um, which is just NicoleBethuneWinters.com. And um, there are links to, like from there, you can get to all of my stuff. So <laughs> actually just to make things easy, um, that's got all my social media links. It's got my link to my pottery website where I sell my artwork. Um, actually have developed kind of like a, 
a brackish merch, like book swag kind of section mm-hmm. of that as well too. Um, but yeah. And so, and you can get to finishing line press and like the order page from there also. Um, but yeah, social media, yeah, everything, everything you can get to through <laughs> my website. So just be NicoleTheThreeMunners.com. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us today, giving us your little behind the scenes inspiration, your work ethic, how your chaoticness actually creates organized art, uh, like amazing ways that you're able to use your emotions to sense out when things are completed as it's been working so far from not even knowing to submit literary pieces one at a time. And just going off for it and just hitting that homer on the first swing at bat, like, wow, congratulations, you know, uh, hopefully uh, it does come uh, not too quickly as you do prepare to, uh, you know, submit more work, go to more different places, get more known so that way it does become a commercial success as you want it. Other than that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving us so much information. I told you if if we go over 45 minutes, you know, I apologize already in advance. I was just having too much fun with the time. No, I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, It's been cool. (laughs) All righty. If you guys liked uh, this episode, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Other than that, thank you so much for listening to the Pen Podcast. This is your host, Nico Pengen. Good night.